We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Now let's go win those fantasy championships. We're talking week two GLSP projections on RotoViz Radio. Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at RotoViz. I will be doing this episode solo. Will not have Curtis Jerning virtually, but he should be back in earnest next week. That's fine, though, because I think that we can make our way through these week two GLSP projections uh, by ourselves just fine. Uh, A reminder about GLSP projections. These are projections that are built by having the computer go out, look at a player's stats in his most recent uh two four six games combining those in a way that makes sense to then search for players that in the past had combined for production i should say in prior seasons or when we get far enough into this season at points in those seasons had similar type of production seeing how those players did when they face defense is similar to the one that the particular player we're looking at will be facing that week uh if you go to the site there's a weekly GLSP option in the menu that links to an article that really walks you through the process. If you are new to Rotoviz and unfamiliar with how we do these, um, they're one of the most useful things in making weekly decisions on the site. I've been putting this together now for probably not sure if it's five or six years. And over time you start to start to really appreciate how useful it is to be able to look at the distribution of a player's range of outcomes for a given week. And we're going to talk about that some more in just a moment. Okay, so let's just start here with quarterback. 
Um, Dak Prescott looks like the strongest quarterback on the week. Prescott faces off against the Chargers and a ridiculous um, 54% of his matches went for more than 25 points. I have to imagine that um, he's probably pretty expensive this week um, on most of the DFS platforms, but could be a pretty solid option for you there. He's followed by the likes of Allen Mahomes and then Kirk Cousins, who I believe we talked about last week. The GLSP really likes this week. He was an obvious choice to note as a potential streaming option for this week. Um, not nearly as owned in leagues as he should be. He actually has 46% of his matches going for more than 25 points. So that's that's an insane projection um, for a player that a lot of people wouldn't have had rostered. And listen, I think that it's possible Cousins doesn't match the 25 points. That's for certain. But if you're looking for a streamer this week, it is going to be hard to do any better than that. And I also think that he should be on lineups throughout the season. So if you've added him perhaps uh, as a recommendation either from last week or from this week in some of the articles that you've seen on the site, I would recommend keeping him on your roster. As I look through the rest of the results, Derek Carr actually scores pretty well, uh, which might be a bit of a surprise for people. He had a really good opening game, though, from a fantasy points perspective. Uh, so that shouldn't be too crazy there. You also have Matt Ryan looking to recover, getting his way into the top 15 after Atlanta really struggled in opening action. Is it possible that there's more things at play in Atlanta than the GLSP could pick up on? That's certainly possible, but he does pretty good. Uh, Baker Mayfield, also another name hitting in the top 15 that you might be surprised to see. Quarterbacks, normally pretty straightforward, though. So let's pop over to running back. Now, the thing I, I want to mention with running backs is early on in the season, it is hard to find a lot of surprises in the results. And I would say of all of the positions, running back tends to project the flattest in terms of surprises. So what I mean by that is you're getting players generally at running back falling closest to where you would expect. And that's because for running back more than wide receiver and tight end, things are really tied to the production. And there's only a handful of players that get a lot of rushing attempts and get a lot of passing attempts. Uh, so naturally those players are going to fall out to the top and the tool will project that volume each week, uh, which is helpful and base a lot of things that it does off of some of that volume. So when you look at the top of the listings, you're going to see guys like Christian McCaffrey actually looks like a really good week for Joe Mixon. Uh, he's coming off of a performance where he got absolutely, uh, to, he got to absolutely handle a ton of work. So that shouldn't be a surprise. Cincinnati's playing Chicago, um, really good projection for him has around 29% of his comps going between 15 to 20 and still manages to get 20% of those comps at or above 25 points. Now, Melvin Gordon is a player that the GLSP really likes. Uh, as I will always note though, it doesn't really know or care about Javante Williams with the way that the algorithm is set up to project a player 
for a given week. Now, we saw Gordon get off to a really solid start from a fantasy perspective last week. And I think that it's probably still in the realm of possibility that we don't see too much of an impact in terms of Javante Williams taking away significant work from Melvin Gordon or said differently, I still feel fine about Gordon getting enough work to be usable. Now, it is fair to point out that in week one, we actually had more attempts for Williams than we did Gordon. Gordon managed to break off a big run, uh, which definitely helped. But I do think that you're going to get enough use out of Gordon uh, who ran 19 routes last week to Williams 14, saw three targets, that it makes him a usable option. Do I think that he realizes this super high GLSP? Probably not, but I would be keeping him in my lineups. Um, other players that are kind of interesting, um, you'll see Damian Williams scoring well in the GLSP. Of course, some of the games that are getting factored in are from when he was actually the lead back in Kansas City. So if you're looking at the tool this week, keep that in mind. Uh, you do see David Montgomery scoring well, James Robinson, um, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed. I would say that in the case of Robinson Ahmed, um, those are players that ha- are in situations now that are different than lots of the games that are being factored into their projection. So... I would say that I would probably fade those projections. And if you're somebody that hasn't subscribed to the site, you might be wondering, well, like what good is it doing if you have guys scoring well in the top that you have to fade? Well, keep in mind, we're only in week two, right? So we don't have that much data from 2021. But one of the cool things about GLSP projections is each week they get better because you're feeding it more data and the other cool thing is that they are often able to spot things before we even as analysts sometimes are or they're able to spot matchup for players before you would expect them which is a really a cool thing um so that's why there is a process of kind of interpreting some of the results which is one of the things i'm trying to do by talking about the glsp on the podcast. So Tyson Williams, uh, it was really a solid start to that game for him. It was unfortunate for people that had him playing on their rosters that the Ravens decided to go the way of Latavius Murray in the second half. I believe there's a couple of factors going on into that decision. One of them being Williams, uh, missing a key play in pass protection. Anyway, um, if we saw a similar split to how the Ravens operated In week one, it actually projects him pretty favorably uh, with an average in PPR of 13 points. So if you're a Williams owner and you are getting signal from the reports over the weekend and from the outlets that you believe generally have good information that say the Ravens are going to deploy both backs if you buy into that and Williams is expected to see a workload similar to last week, I think he's in line for a pretty good spot. Um, I will note that 36% of his matches score only five to 10 points, but, uh, 33% went 10 to 15 and then 20% went 15 to 20. So overall for a running back in a given week, that's a pretty decent projection. We see Derek Henry 
as a player that it actually not a huge fan of this week um, compared to what you might expect. So let's quickly dig in on that a little bit more and break down exactly what the tool is seeing. So they're playing Seattle. Um, the Titans, that is, they are playing Seattle. Projects Henry for 16 attempts, 58 yards, and a half a touchdown, which isn't terrible. But obviously, uh, when you're only seeing two targets like Henry is, that could be a bit of an issue. And the other thing that it's finding is that backs like Henry playing defense is similar to Seattle, or at least the version of Seattle that we saw to close out last year and week one this year, really keeps backs under wraps with very few players going over 15 points. In fact, less than 20% of his matches scored more than 15 points. So if you're in a redraft league, obviously you're going to keep Derrick Henry in your lineup. Maybe that makes him less attractive of an option to you if you are playing DFS, uh, which might drive the question of, all right, well, what does his floor look like? Um, 13% of his matches went under five points. That's unlikely to happen. 33% went five to 10, 35 went between 10 and 15. Looking at some more running backs that you might be interested in, um, Ronald Jones, rough start for him. Um, in that Thursday night game to open the season tool still likes him at 10.1 points. Curtis and I, uh, went back and forth with a couple of messages today about one of the teams that we have. Uh, we're actually thinking about playing Jones over Juju Smith-Schuster so that should give you somewhat of an idea of where we are on him despite what happened to start the season. Jones, his upside appears to be pretty limited, just 8% of his matches going over 20%. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But for a, for a running back that you're going to flex versus guys like maybe Kenyon Drake, um, Mike Davis, he's in that similar range. Now, Zeke Elliott, it really does not like. And going back to last season, the tool started to doubt Elliott pretty early on. And if we look at his projection, which I will pull up now, one of the things that we're going to see is that the volume for Elliott might not be there projects with just 12 attempts, three targets. And that puts him in a position where 45% of his matches go between five and 10 points. So a lot of people believed that we might see a different version of Zeke Elliott this season. And that is certainly possible, but given what we've seen from him now over a body of games, it just doesn't seem likely to happen. I mean, in the, in the week one game, just 11 rushing attempts for Elliott. Now, Tony Pollard only had three, so it's not like the Cowboys were running the ball a lot and he was seeing work to Pollard. But in the receiving department, he was out-targeted four to two. So to me, it's hard to look at Elliott and view him as the type of player that he once was. In fact, if we pull up in the NFL Player Stat Explorer, um, one of our favorite tools at the site, if we pull up a graph of his games going back to 2020, you see an odd thing happen. In the first six games of the season, he was an RB1 in all but one game. Week seven, they played the football team. And from there on out, he only recorded two RB1 performances, had two RB2 performances, but I'm actually going to have to count this out because there's so many. He had six RB3 performances. So that is not fantastic. The GLSP is not a huge fan of Elliott. I am not sure what your teams look like, but I would say that you're probably not going to be penciling in 15 points safely for Elliott this week. Um, and I am buying into the idea that this is a different version of Elliott moving forward, despite the possibility of Dak returning, the Cowboys getting into a rhythm that we might have seen a couple of seasons ago. I just don't think that that's the case anymore. Uh, so be on on the lookout for what you do uh, with Zeke if you are um, a manager that has him on your team. I think those were the running backs that I wanted to highlight. Um, I think Daryl Henderson has a good game. I think he does a little bit better than the GLSP would realize now that he's the main back. Probably goes without saying. 
But on the flip side of Zeke, uh, Tony Pollard projects with 8.9 points, has 16% of his matches going more than 10, 39 from 5 to 10, um, which puts him in the option of being a flex play. So though I'm a little bit down on Elliott and some of the reasons that I'm down on Elliott don't necessarily stem from the fact that Pollard is there. If we're looking at Pollard through his own lens. I think he makes a decent case for being uh, a player that could get into your lineup. Uh, Naheem Hines, Chase Edmonds look like decent flex plays at the running back position. Damian Harris, you might be interested in. Only an average projection of 8.1 actually has 35% of his matches going beneath five points. Coming off that game with that costly fumble for the Patriots, I can see you making a case that on your team you might have two better running backs that you're going to get into your lineup for this week. Patriots are playing the Jets. As I've been looking at the wide receiver tight end matchups versus secondaries, this looks like a great week for Patriots pass receivers. Uh, or <laughs> pass receivers, Patriots pass catchers. So the team might not need to rely on the running backs that much. Of course, we might see a game script where they get up early and then and then try to establish some run. Looking at wide receiver, you have your normal guys, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins at the top of the list, but Brandon Cooks scores super well. Actually average uh, or is matches have an average of 21.7 points 45 percent of his matches go for more than 25 points now some of those games in his data set that contribute were not played with tyrod taylor most of them weren't um but i think that there's reason to believe that this is going to be a good week for brandon cooks so that was one of the more exciting surprises that you had coming out in the top um, Antonio Brown, man, Antonio Brown back in the top 10. And one of the things that I think is worth noting is lots of times when you see players hitting into these top levels in the wide receiver projections, it's a sign that there are good things to come. That is one of the things I've noticed. Uh, it's generally a big step for a player to get back into the top 10, top 12 range. Antonio Brown's back in there. 195 this is average points, um, 20% of matches, 10 to 15, 16% between 15 to 20, and still gets 14 um, into that uh, 20 to 25 range. So that's really impressive. Deontay Johnson scores well. Um, Devonta Smith already coming in. Uh, around 20 with 17.1. Of course, that's off of one game, but it is encouraging to see Smith already scoring well in the GLSP, and he's actually expected to score, um, yeah, I think I already said around 17 points, six receptions on eight targets for 69 yards. Now, his touchdown numbers might not... Uh, live up to the 0.7 touchdowns he's expected. Uh, player will have to watch when there are more games or we'll have to take a look at it in a little bit more in depth when we have more games to analyze. But cool to see him already performing well in the GLSP. Likes T. Higgins. Um, okay, Packers had a terrible, terrible start to the season. I can understand being scared off of playing anybody other than Devontae Adams. Um, 
in the receiving core. Maybe you're even worried about Robert Tunyon. Uh, but MVS matches up very nicely in this game with Detroit. So depending on how your roster is constituted, I think you could be looking at playing Marquez Valdez-Scantling this week based upon what the GLSP is seeing. I'll throw one more name at you for wide receiver. Uh, Jalen Waddle coming in somewhere around 35, which you might be interested in, projected with around 13 points. Uh, but Tim Patrick is the name I wanted to go to here. We saw the GLSP liking Tim Patrick last year, uh, picked up on him early. Now the tool does not know that Jerry Judy is going to be out and it likes him. So I think that makes Tim Patrick a very interesting play uh, for this week. Taking a look at tight ends, you have some of the typical guys at the top. Doesn't do you any good now, uh, but Logan Thomas projected pretty nicely. It likes Hunter Henry, likes Mike Gesicki. Can Gesicki rebound off of a pretty hapless uh, start to the season? Um, we will have to see. I'm actually going to pull up. I want to focus here on Gasecki for a minute. So I'm in the Advanced Stats Explorer, and I'm going to pull up the Miami offense. I'm going to look at their tight ends and their wide receivers. So from a route to run perspective, Gasecki only ran 14 routes in their week one matchup. Parker was at 26. Jalen Waddle was at 23. Gasecki only saw two targets. Um, which matched with the likes of Albert Wilson, uh, Durham Smith. You had Parker at seven targets, Jalen Waddle at six. You have Devonta, or excuse me, you have Will Fuller looking like he is going to return. I know he missed practice for a non-medical reason this week. So it, it was a personal matter, I believe is what the reports were. So it's hard to say exactly why he was out. But if he does return, I think that is a little bit scary in the case of Gesicki. So if you were to have another option at tight end, you might want to take a look at the GLSP and see what it's projecting for them. Absent of those, though, and not overreacting to week one, it does like Gasicki. So that's one of the helpful things about the GLSP is it will, it will make you rethink fading a player entirely off of one week. And, you know, in the case of a player like Gasicki, if you go back more than just one game, uh, what you're going to find is that he actually closed out last season with a couple of huge games against Cincinnati and Kansas City with 23.8, 23.5 points. was pretty consistent as a tight end too. Um, but I will concede that there's no guarantee um, we don't see a trend continuing of him being a tight end too. Uh, but week one might not be representative of what's in store for him going forward. I would say it's likely not representative. Um, I view Gasicki as more of a low end tight end one, uh, high tight end two at this point. Um, of course, we'll have a better idea, I think, with two games of this Miami offense and what it's really going to look like. Rob, Rob Gronkowski shouldn't be a surprise, scores really well. Um, Dallas Goddard's up there. Not a lot of surprises, really, at tight end that I think are worth noting. Um, Noah Fant, uh, projection 9.5. Of course, the same could be said for him, like we did with Tim Patrick about Jerry Judah being gone. Maybe that opens up some options. 
uh, for other players to pick up an extra target or two. But that takes us through our review of uh, some GLSP projections for week two. Obviously, you can find all of the projections that we have for these players on the site, all nice and listed out. So I would definitely recommend that you go and check that out. Um, But if I do not talk to you before your week two action, uh, appreciate you listening and good luck this weekend. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotovizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.